Anything about this game before we jump into our Toilet Bowl top 10? Uh, Sidney Jones played well. I was right. The Lions were going to smack us, and that happened. Not really many great takeaways from it, really. It was not a fun game to watch. Uh, Our run defense is back to getting shredded. That's pretty cool. Drunken Jaguar. This is Bentley Brown. Joining me via call is Asad Hassan. After this demoralizing 34-16 Jaguars loss to the Detroit Lions on Sunday, Asad, it's a week-to-week thing here, man. Have you recovered from this one? I am fully recovered. I think I'm in better spirits. I've kind of accepted that we're terrible. I mean, I've known, but now, you know, I've really accepted it. Which is good. So I guess you're you're going through the stages of grief <laughs> on like a meta level for the season. You could say that, yeah. Like the we were kind of shocked after the Miami Dolphins game. Definitely in a state of denial. Thought we'd come back and pull it off against the Bengals. Uh, God, what else do we have in grief here? Anger, yeah, yeah. The anger happened already. Yeah, anger, anger. We did. That was a couple week stretch there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that might have been. Right before the Texans, then sadness after the during and after the Texans. Yep. Um, and we're just this week's all about acceptance. Acceptance, and then the healing yeah. begins. Hopefully, and then and then the healing can begin. That we can move on to the the new life, the new the new birth, the next twenty years of Dave Caldwell and Doug Morrow. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's not get ahead of ourselves. We have a uh, special thing today. Just so we're not all mopey about the Jaguars season, we've got each of us have prepared a top five things the Jaguars could do right now to make things better. Not to make them perfect, to make them better. And we'll share that later on as kind of like an accumulative top 10. Before that, we do need to discuss the toilet bowl before we get to, I guess we should call it our toilet bowl top 10 (laughs) because it's inspired by the toilet bowl. That's from from where it it draws its name. So in the toilet bowl, the Jaguars this Sunday uh, really never stood a chance. At no point was the score competitive enough that it gave you hope. This is actually a little unlike some of our more recent games. We went down early. We didn't have much strength to muster up any kind of comeback. We were doing everything wrong all into the field. We're on our fifth kicker. <laughs> it's all bad, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't know what you expect with a fifth kicker. We got some people off the roster for COVID concerns. We got some people sitting out for injuries. It's it's a mess all around. Did, did I miss anything? I don't think you missed anything. I mean, it was all bad. Like all, all position groups basically played played bad. Not really many bright spots. I guess Keelan Cole might be the thing that the Jaguars' social media has been all up about. He had six catches for 143 yards. Yeah, well, we know about Keelan, you know. Um, it's a great story, you know. We've talked about it many times. Kind of went down, practice squad, here, there, and then they kind of lost faith in him, and he's back. And this is a guy we might have to pay as well going forward, right? I believe his contract's up this year. So It's one of those things with the receiving group. We, we still like our receivers, but 
Um, maybe there's there still isn't a clear number one. I've seen some debate about this that this week. It's unfair, premature, right? DJ Sharks even getting called out on Twitter and 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 you know rookie mistake, which I guess he's allowed to do in what's like third year now. Third. He's yeah. uh you know he's responding to the social media criticism and stuff. It just shows that we have nothing else to talk about if all we're going to do is week to week see whoever had the most receiving yards and then just fluctuate and say, oh well they're our number one receiver now. I mean, guy, what else is there to talk about? <laughs> gets us nowhere. It literally gets us nowhere. It goes from LaVisca to DJ Chark to Keelan Cole. I'm sure next week Chris Conley is going to resurface with like eight catches and 100 yards. We'll be like, oh, Chris Conley, number one. He's the number one. Yeah. It was rough. I think one of the rougher things um, we talked about a little bit earlier, you and I, was uh, Gardner Minshew overall losing the faith of the fan base. And Doug Marone even coming out and saying in a story reported by Mike DiRocco on ESPN that he didn't consider benching Gardner Minshew during the Lions game, but that now it's not off the table. And if you're saying things like benching Minshew, then that's pretty clear, at least from Marone's point of view, and probably reflected in the eyes of many, that that the Jaguars aren't, they're no longer betting on Gardner Minshew as franchise quarterback to build around Mm. moving forward does it look that way to you it does and watching him Sunday I felt so bad for him and not like because he's playing bad but because like you can feel the end coming from a guy that like we liked so much you know everyone loved him they rallied around him and even even the team right they seem like they stood behind him they loved him but now it looks it you get a feel that even the locker room feels a little you know, different about everything that's going on. They want to win games, man. And I don't think Gardner Minshew is the answer now. Every week it's been changing. I wanted to believe so bad, you know, but I guess I was wrong. I guess a lot of us were wrong. His numbers with Matt Stafford's like weren't terribly different. In fact, Minshew even threw for more yards, um, 243 yards versus Matt's 223. But I do find this interesting that Gardner statistically – 243, a touchdown interception. This would be like a Mark Brunel kind of like off-ish day, you know? But not like a horrendous day. I mean, horrendous day is like Blake Bortles under 100 yards. But if you watch the game, though, you know, you're just like, it It doesn't look right. Like, you could tell clearly he, he did not play well. Like, we could have said Blake Bortles had some kind of amazing season when he threw freaking 35 touchdowns and uh, 14 or whatever, you know, and this many yards but the truth was he wasn't good Uh, is it premature scrambling out of pocket seeing ghosts not accurate on throws yeah so like his biggest strength is accuracy right and it's been a little bit off and i you know he probably feels the pressure not just from the defense but the pressure to you know throw the ball downfield because he noticed he's taking shots down the field and sometimes he's missing them i don't know it's just it's a disaster, and I I think his confidence is pretty shot at this exact time, don't you? He doesn't seem like the you know the same guy with you know the mm-hmm. Minshew. Mm-hmm. You can't feel the Minshew magic yep, anymore. I agree. Let's uh, let's shift into our toilet bowl top ten if you're ready. <laughs> I am. It's gonna be fun, actually. Toilet bowl top ten. We're going to count up from the bottom. We're going to build up to the most pressing things that the Jaguars could do, or the biggest things the Jaguars could do starting today. Starting today. And we haven't shared with each other either, so yeah, yeah. we might have to adjust our 
our list here. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, if we, if we just start like spitting out the same exact thing in the same exact order. <laughs> P- peas in a pod, peas in a pod. But I, I think we'll be pretty safe from that. We might have to adjust a, a couple of them. Let's do our best. All right. Let's. Uh, if you'd like to start us off with your, uh, I guess this would be number 10. Number 10. So I'm going to keep it pretty basic here, but I would say we have to see what our young guys have. And I think that's what the Jags need to do right now. I mean, there's no reason to give up. You guys are still playing for a job. A lot of these guys will be here next year. A lot of these guys are super young, right? And you have to play well and make it a desirable destination for coaches next year, hopefully, we have a new coach, to want to come there, you know? They got to see the talent there because coaches don't want to go to a team with no potential, no talent. So give the young guys reps. See what we have. See, Just see, right? I mean, we see that we've seen this with Miami last year. I, I was telling people, I was like, this is a good team. They have a lot of good young players. Like, they're going to come together here soon. So take the time, let all the young guys play, and just keep playing. I think that makes the, the season a little bit fun. Um, I think, unfortunately, as Jaguars fans, we're used to that, right? For like 10, 15 years, <laughs> yeah. we kind of have week, week eight onward is just, uh, it's like scrimmaging. It's like uh, playing pickup football. Yeah, pretty much. Have fun. See what you got. Everybody gets their 15 minutes of fame, as Andy Warhol describes it. Why not? I'll share my this is number nine overall now. Okay. I want the Jaguars to kind of come clear about Gardner Minshew. Uh, I actually wrote this before seeing the Doug Marone article. But I think for the fans, it would be interesting to just get some clarity on Gardner Minshew. How does the team look at Minshew? I mean, is it straight up, hey, if we draft a quarterback, we draft a quarterback, and Minshew will compete next year no matter what? Or do we actually really believe in Minshew right now? Like, is this, are we really testing Minshew out as a potential franchise QB? So kind of bear with us, you know? I think that would be important to know and to watch as the rest of the season unfolds that, you know what, Minshew doesn't have a benching date this season. Jake Luton is really the only person we could take a look at. Ah, let's do it. Yeah? They've been saying he has a cannon. If this team, you know, goes to 1 and 10 or so, they're going to have to play somebody else, right? DiRocco mentioned if, you know, the only exception to all this is we, we kind of talked about this in our last episode as well. Is if he says if if quote if Minshew goes on a tear ah. the rest of the season, right? But that streak would have to start ASAP. And that that would be a, you know, franchise changing win streak right now, but yeah. not looking likely. So some clarity would be cool. So maybe that might include saying, hey, yeah, benching, done, happening, nothing to lose. I like that. Yeah, definitely, because we're all, we're all in the dark. Let's hear your next one, number eight. So, like, this is kind of a joke, but it's not a joke at the same time. What can the Jaguars do right now? They can lose. <laughs> they can lose football games and root for the Jets. Why? If we get the number one pick, this Trevor Lawrence guy... We all know he's great, but how much attention would it bring to a Jaguars team that no one gives a shit about? This guy's talked about on NFL shows, on college shows. He's the highlight. He's like the golden boy of football right now. Mm -hmm. And when that number one pick is out, there's a 100% chance it'll be Trevor Lawrence. And, And now you hear talks of other teams. Everybody wants this guy. Everybody wants to tank. If they have two wins, if they even teams that have drafted quarterbacks... In the last couple of years, they say, this guy's better. He is a generational talent, and they want to have him. People would talk about the Jaguars, right? And say we haven't hired a coach, or say we have the number one pick, right, at the end of the season. 
coaches will know that we're going to draft Trevor Lawrence. What coach wouldn't want to have a fresh start with a generational talent that we may have never seen before, like Trevor Lawrence? I think it could draw a a big-name coach to us. I'm kind of joking because obviously, you know, they're not going to lose on purpose or anything, but that's something they can do. Trevor Lawrence would change everything about Jacksonville. It would give Jaguars fans hope, and I think it would it would give us a lot of attention and a lot of media, and we need that because we don't get a lot of recognition and maybe even a primetime game next year because he is that big. Seriously, he's that big. I actually, I'm gonna my my next one was actually to to tank, and we've been debating about can you actually tank, and and you can, and you already mentioned it too, so I'm gonna have to scratch mine completely because it's it's been covered now. <laughs> you can tank by saying you're playing second and third string players and looking to see what you have more or less like that's how Man, you tank. they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna lose games with their starters in regardless so it doesn't even matter if they're playing second or third stringers if anything the second and third stringers might start yep. winning football yep. games and the only the hesitation i've had actually about tanking especially for the number one tanking thing is is like when i realized like i don't know where i was i was in sudan or something i don't know or i was doing my I was working on a degree or something and not paying attention to the draft, but I did not realize the significance of Blaine Gabbard and Blake Bortles, how high both were taken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I I always like dismiss them as like, you know, oh, they must have been at least like the fifth quarterback in the draft, but they weren't. <laughs> and so I'm a little bit scared. Like no matter how good Trevor Lawrence and all generational talent. You, you don't have to be you don't have to be scared this time, <laughs> man. If we get that number one pick, don't be scared. Should I be scared about Justin Fields if our more realistic yeah there's a chance my the thing i'm really worried about is so justin fields has his first game on saturday as the big 10 starts pretty late this other quarterback you know this north dakota guy if we get him then i'm just gonna be like oh shit like this is gonna be a rerun of bortles or blaine gabbert and there's another byu kid like i watched him play a couple times he's good but like we need Trevor Lawrence, man. I need someone who I can say, yeah, this guy's going to be like really good the second he walks in to the NFL. So, yeah, in lieu of my number seven here of uh, tanking, I'm going to put in my wild card, which is, you know, I, I haven't been to the Jaguar Stadium recently. You have. Uh, I know a lot of fans complain about how expensive things are, that parking is super expensive, that beers are like, I don't know, the way it sounds, they're like $18 or something. Uh, that you got to break the bank for basic foods, and they're all like f-ing teal food colored burgers and hot dog buns, and I don't know f-ing teal meat and stuff. So I, I from afar, uh, I empathize with this. <laughs> I think the Jags should pull like a major league soccer move and just make everything cheap in the stadium, cheapish and affordable to get people in the stadium. That would be sweet. Yeah. Get people in there. Let's hear the next one, number six. Mine is pretty straightforward, especially in light of what's been happening this week. Uh, keep DJ Chark happy. We've let too many good players slip away, man, and they've we've pissed them off, and they wanted to leave, you know, on defense. And then, you know, we never kept, held on to Allen Robinson, and he ended up he, he's an elite receiver, man. He's definitely a top ten receiver. We need to keep DJ Chark happy. We need to see if he's a real number one, which I think he is, with a better quarterback. And like I said last time, last week. You know, I don't think he's a number one receiver with Gardner Minshew. So his ceiling can be reached, hopefully with Trevor Lawrence. So keep keep DJ Chark happy, man. Keep him around. I like that one, man. That would be so sad to see him turn sour, man. That guy's freaking awesome. Yeah. Okay, I've got my next year, number five. And I, I must be in this big, like, moment of self-realization of how important honesty and communication are or something. 
because uh, I'm saying here, and similar to come clear, come clean about Gardner Minshew. You know what the Jacks want to do with Minshew? Here's mine. Apologize for the 2018 collapse. Mm. It doesn't have to be a cheesy wow. apology. I know no one apologizes for things, and they all want to say it face. Say it straightforward, yeah. But someone, Dave Caldwell, Doug Marone, someone, don't blame Tom Coughlin. Just admit <laughs> yeah. that we let one of the most talented defenses in recent memory collapse, most importantly. Here. Yeah, someone say it. Someone, I agree. Someone just say it, man. And own up to it. Just say we really fucked up. Just hint at it. Just say you don't have to. You don't have to like. Yeah, again, it doesn't have to be like a. I would prefer like a super, you know, like group therapy. Like, all right, Doug, let's hear what you have to say. And he's like, I just, you know, I was eating too many bologna sandwiches, and I, I just didn't pay attention to Jalen, and he left. He left us. He left me. Someone, someone hint at it, and it can be Shotcon too. That you know, wow, we are like gutted at how much we fucked up in 2018 after the AFC Championship run. You don't have to take away from the flukiness of 2017, too. I mean, that was there was a lot of good fortune there. Yeah, but of course. still, like, just say it sucks. Like, we just, we just, we blew it. We had something in our hands, mm-hmm. and it jumped out, and we never got it back, and we've been kind of squirming trying to find it ever since, and it's not working. Perfect. That's all I got. That's great. Let's go to number four. And I'm sure you have this one. You got to fire the coaches. I mean, let's let's be straight up. It's been way too damn long. Other coaches go. They don't get these kind of chances. Marone's defending Todd Wash out here. As long as I'm here, you're going to be here. Man, get them both the hell out of here. Seriously. The fun and games are over, man. It's time to start winning football games. We can have a, you know interim coach this year, but we need we need a culture change. I know everyone's sick of hearing that, but we need somebody the players can get behind too because you can tell they're not behind the coaches by the way they're playing, you know, because this is a pretty talented group. It's not working. It's simply not working. We got to get new coaches. Let's start now. Let them play with the interim coach. And then, bam, after the bye week, that's when he should be fired after this week, after we lose to the Chargers, because we will lose. Dave Caldwell or no? Does he go? But I don't think they will. My number three then is actually, this is where I knew it would overlap, pretty much the same thing. Uh, It's, you know, fired Doug Marone. And this is justified after his recent comment about keeping Todd Wash. As long as 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 I'm here, Todd Wash will never be fired. What the f***? is wrong with you man what the shit you've already thrown like offensive coordinators <laughs> under the bus and shit and todd wash todd fucking wash the guy has like zero charisma he's not even a oh, ah, oh man i, I don't want to i don't want to slander yeah, another human get him out much, we get it there's anyone to slander <laughs> i mean i'm sure he's an i'm not sure he's a nice guy i'm not even sure he's a nice guy fire don't you'd never fire todd Okay, Doug. Uh, Doug yeah, Marone's out. Get him out. He's, he's done. There's no. He, there's no good guy thing. I def. I'm. I'm afraid of bringing in some like toxic asshole coach. Sure, and Doug is not that, which is nice. But still, you got to get him out. And I'm gonna say, uh, blow it up. Sometimes you gotta blow things up to to get, get change, a fresh start. To yep. Move on to improve. Exactly. So I think I think Caldwell is lumped into that now, and we got to see some major change. And you know, some people would argue Shad Khan should be in that group as well. All right, number two, you had that final one, and it was kind of a different one, right? Number two? Yeah, I got something a little bit different, and this is more for the fans. What can the fans do right now? Well, we're all Jaguars fans, right? We're not going to just go be like, hey, we're Chiefs fans now. Even, I mean, we're, I'm from Denver, you know, Bentley, you're from everywhere. It's not like you're hopping on a different bandwagon. We're here to stay, right? We're here forever. We're Jaguars fans forever. We love our team. We've been, we've seen worse times than this, I think. But, like, it's always bad. So all we can do is be here, 
Watch the games. Go to the games. Don't let this franchise be taking, taken from us and from the people in Jacksonville, especially. You know, be supportive. Look at the positives. Attach yourself to these players. Hopefully, they'll stay. And just be optimistic. Love your team. We are, we are going to love our team. We talk shit, but we love our team. No doubt. Just be there for your team. I like that. I like that. I've got a similar one for number one here, man. What you got? And it's I, I'm putting this back on the Jaguars now. So you're saying to the fans, you're saying like, yeah, you know, don't 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 be toxic douchebags. Don't I mean, you can like threaten not to renew season tickets as like a personal financial decision, maybe to protest like a coaching hiring or whatever your justification is. Right. But you're saying like, don't threaten to end your tickets just because you're pissed off and you want to jump ship. Yep. For me, for the Jaguars. Uh, social media is playing. Uh, God, I sound like a. F- <laughs> <laughs> social media is playing a big role in sports <laughs> these days. But here's the deal, man. I follow some pretty crappy teams online on Instagram, Twitter, and there's a difference between the 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 teams that are that are doing they're solidly mediocre, and they're kind of self aware. Mm-hmm. They're making fun of themselves, like the Falcons. Like just tweeted out like recently. The twenty eight three. Don't add us. Or the Cowboys, <laughs> Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that too. That was funny. I want the Jaguar social media as as one of its most as the franchise is one of its most visible and prominent embodiments to be more self aware. Um, don't just try to hide things and sweep it under the rug. I like the optimism. Like I don't mind you know seeing us highlight Keelan Cole this week after a good performance. Highlighting James Robinson after a solid first rookie month. These are cool things to focus on. I like, I do, I do appreciate drawing positive attention, but at the same time, be self-aware, make fun of yourselves a little bit, open up to some criticism. Stop voting for Player of the Week. I hate when they do that. that pisses me off. Hey, we just lost forty-two-zero. Who's the Player of the Week? Ah, uh, nobody. See where we land in John Osher's power rankings this week. What? Yeah. The- <laughs> no, no. Just give me a meme. Just, just make a meme. Caption, caption some self-deprecating comment from someone in the locker room. You just yeah. want some honesty. This is good. This has been good for us, I think. <laughs> just let it all out, man. Let it all out. <laughs> it's part of the healing. It's part of the... It's, it's now part we're in the, of, part of the, the acceptance stage. Let's all heal together, honestly. we can. At least we all suck together, you know? We're all pissed off on Sundays. You're not the only one, I promise. <laughs> Toilet Bowl Top 10! For a couple, uh, our final final minutes here, taking a look at this coming Sunday against this the oh my San Diego Chargers oh my god the L A Chargers Justin Herbert's the the thing right yep he's gonna tear us apart if if pattern uh, proves true after the past few weeks anything else we should look at this upcoming week any surprises waiting in store for us yeah man there's one thing I really want everyone to pay attention to. And it's that beautiful stadium they have in Los Angeles. <laughs> SoFi, man, it's got like the glass top. It is just amazing looking. It looks just sick. I'd love to see a game there. Yeah, that's the kind of place where they say, yeah, it'll be $12 for your, you know, teal. It wouldn't be teal. Your like gold, blue colored hot dog. And you're like, only 12 I, No, I swear I can give you more. I can give you more. Right? Oh, in, like, in LA? Oh, of course. Oh <laughs> it matches God, the yeah. environment. This is going to be our first game in the afternoon other than Thursday Night Football, right? It's, a, it's our hour 2 p.m. instead of 11 a.m. Yeah, that's good. Okay. One more positive. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to the – there's this dark horse sports bar here in Boulder, and I, I just order coffee. 
10 30. Good morning, yeah, of course. And, and hey, insider's insight, guys. Coffee is often free at bars, right? It's just in the pot. It's probably not the freshest ever, but they feel guilty charging it for you, and, and you're going to pay a lot more for beer anyway. Wow. So you can always always get a free coffee from a bar. That's my, that's my philosophy. I did not know that. That's great. We don't even have to say anything after that. Look at that. I mean, that's, that's as positive as we can get right now. <laughs> The healing has begun, guys. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us this week. Uh, we're going to keep it brief. I'm Bentley Brown, at Weld Brown on Twitter. I'm said at that young said. Let's get our first win in a couple months. Let's do it, man. Let's go. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Junkin Dragwar. We hope to keep everyone in the conversation. We want to have fun with this one, no matter the outcome. Of course. Thanks for following the Drunken Jaguar. Go Jags. Go Jags. Feels good. Feels good. Some therapy. <laughs> Football therapy. <laughs>